Good morning, NBCC. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. If you're new here today, we want to get connected with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen. Here at NBCC, there are so many ways to get involved in serving. So go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so you can see where God's calling you and get involved. This morning, we're going to start off our service by worshiping. Please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this amazing time.
worthy.
as we finish our music portion of our service this morning. Our worship doesn't have to stop. We want to continue with worship by giving. We try to make that as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website. We are ready to hear what Pastor Mike has to say through his word this morning. So let's jump on in. Welcome to MVCC. We are in the middle of a series called Ready or Not. We're just going verse by verse through the letter to the First Thessalonians. It's a fantastic book about um, end times and what's going to happen in the future and how we live now. And so we'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do, I just wanted to make note of a couple of things. Um, Easter's coming up really soon, April 4th. Easter is awesome. We get to worship God and we get to celebrate the resurrection that he's brought new life. And here's a couple things. If MVCC is your home, I want to ask you to do. Number one is to pray about bringing somebody with you to Easter Sunday services. Also, um, I just want to ask you to really step out in faith, maybe in an uncomfortable area, and just trust God and, and really make that invitation to someone and say, hey, we would love for you to come visit our church on Easter. You know, there's a lot of people right now in our situation here in culture that's just hurting, a lot of lost people, a lot of people that are just kind of lacking hope, and there's just a lot going on, depression, anxiety, and people are looking for something. And this may be an opportunity for you and I to reach out to somebody and help them step over uh, to eternity with a relationship with God that's very personal. So, um, And also we're having baptisms on Easter Sunday. If you want to be baptized, you can go to the website and just hit connect. Very easy on how to do that. We would love to help you in your steps and walk with the Lord in being baptized. Um, also, um, some of you might know that Mission Valley Christian Church is a praying church. We decided many, many years ago that we were not going to just talk about praying, but we were going to get back to the heart of prayer. Well, because of COVID and just circumstances of safety, um, we haven't been able to do that lately, but I wanted to let you know we've not forgotten about that. We're not ignoring that. There will be a time, I'm hopefully really hoping that really soon, we'll be able to get back to um, Tuesday night prayer nights. We've seen God do some amazing things when we get together in prayer. So that'll be happening, and we'll give you more information about that hopefully really soon. So I have a question for, for all of us. If you're listening to this by podcast or you're watching this, um, what kind of mark do you want to leave in life? What's the, the mark that you want to leave behind for the people that you've been bringing up? You know, I think there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing that is more of an influence than simply loving people. I, I found a resource that uh, recently has really helped me with this thing about loving difficult people and loving people in situations where it's really hard to love somebody. Um, it's simply called love like you've never been hurt. And I think the reality is, is that um, we have all been hurt. I don't think there's anyone watching or listening to this that has not in some way, at some level, been hurt, betrayed, um, struggled with hate, or struggled with retaliation or unforgiveness. I think we've all been in a place in our life that we've been hurt by someone. Well, the question is, how do we deal with that? And, and I've, I've, I really see that in God's word, Jesus made it super clear. And um, he, in fact, moved it right to the finish line. And when he says, love one another, love is the, the permeating um, thing in the Christian life that really is the bond, the glue that holds us together. And that really is a witness powerfully for people who really need to see that Jesus loves everyone. Um, you know, it's interesting because we can use the word love in many uh, circumstances of life. I love my wife. I love my house. I love my car. I love my kids. 
I love football, I love tennis, I love surfing. And we kind of use that word love in all circumstances. But when the Greeks use that word, and we'll get to that in just a moment here when Paul was writing this letter, they were very descriptive in how they talked about love. I mean, just give you an example really quick. They had four different words for the word love. They had a word for a category that they used of love, like I love my family. Hey, I love my brother, I love my sister, I love my aunt, I love my mom and dad, my grandparents. That was a word that they used in the Greek for love. Another category was a love for um, uh, friendships. Hey, bro, you're my friend. I'll always love you. Love you, man. And we, there's certain people we just, it's easy to love. We have this bond between us. There's this other kind of love, a word that was used for um, romantic kind of love, a love for someone that we fall in love with. And so um, that's actually where we get the Greek word eros, this erotic um, romantic love. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting how um, men and women obviously are very different in how we love. When I was dating my wife, um, and you might be listening to this, maybe you're in a dating situation, guys and girls are very different. Men and women are very different. And I thought I'd just kind of illustrate how men uh, view this dating relationship when we find someone that we really love and how guys uh, do love. So um, this is this is just a diagram that would illustrate this. We meet this girl. She's awesome. I just love her. She's just amazing. I love the way she laughs, and I just can't wait to be with her. I just want to talk to her on the phone, and we text all the time. And then after a while, we kind of get bored of the relationship, and I'm not sure if I want to keep dating her, and it just kind of cools off, and we just kind of slip off the cliff, and that's kind of how guys do it. But girls do it this way. Women have a tendency to do this way when we're dating. I love them. I hate them. I love them. I hate them. I love them. I hate them. I mean, that's how we're just really different, right? And what Paul is getting to, that love is not a feeling or emotion. It's not based on whether we feel in the moment we're going to love this person. Paul uses the word, the Greek word, right here in the book of First Thessalonians that is called agape love. Agape love is unique. Agape love is the kind of love that God loves us with. It's the unconditional love. It's no strings attached. It's a love that says this, I will love you for free and there's nothing you can do about it. I will never stop loving you. In fact, my love is so powerful. I will transform you from the inside out if you'll just let me in. That'll give you a reason to wake up in the morning. And, and not only am I going to love you, if we open up our heart to the love of Christ and the love of God and he transforms us from the inside out, it's not just that we receive his love, but now he empowers us to love somebody else the way God loves us. This is when Christianity really becomes exciting. It's not just receiving Christ. It's now the ability he gives us to love somebody else with this fierce kind of love, this intensified kind of love that never ends. And we always love somebody for free and will never leave. It's the kind that Romans 5, 6 says God demonstrates his own love for us and that Christ died for us. This right here, what I'm talking about, is the kind of love that Paul loved the Thessalonian people with. This second chapter, verses 17, we're going to go through chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. I sandwiched this together because I really felt like what God was saying through the Apostle Paul, he sandwiched these two thoughts together about how this intensified love would just drive Paul to want to be with these people. The question is, how can we love people? Who have offended us? How can we love people that have hurt us? How can we love people that stop loving us? How can we love people, a person that has abandoned us? 
I think this is the marker. We talked about markers here. This is the marker of true growth in our relationship with God is, are we able to love somebody who we really don't like? Are we able to love somebody who's offended and hurt us in some way? And we really don't want to do this, but I'm choosing to do the loving thing. That's the mark of growth in our life with God. It's not how many times we've been to church, how many tongues we've spoken in, how many healings we've done in Jesus' name. It's not whether we've spoken in prophetic. It's the impact of loving somebody the way Jesus loves. So um, I want to read this to you and this background that Paul writes. He loved the people of Thessalonica. He wanted to go there. Unfortunately, because Paul was put in prison, he was beaten. There was a riot in the city of Thessalonica. He was literally driven out of the city and he couldn't get back to the city of Thessalonica. So he sends his most prized brother, Timothy, to the people here in Thessalonica. Now we think, well, what's the big deal? He sent Timothy. Timothy was like his compadre. It was his companion. It was his brother. And to have Timothy leave for weeks and weeks on end to go to the people of Thessalonica, this is a big deal. And Paul loved these people so much that he was willing to forego Timothy's companionship to give Timothy to the people of Thessalonica. So I'm just going to pick it up here in verse 17, and we'll go down to verse 5 of chapter 3. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned, by being separated from you for a short time in person and not in thought. Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan kept blocking our way. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown, in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus? When he comes, is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. I just want to stop here for a minute and just recognize this intense passion that Paul has for people. He's willing to love people in a city that the city hated him. The city started a riot with Paul and his companions and they literally drove him out of the city. And here Paul is saying, man, I long to see you. You are my crown. You are my joy. How does Paul love people? And some of those folks, they didn't like Paul. They didn't receive Paul. Let's continue on. So that's the question. How can we love when we've been hurt? Let's just continue on here in chapter 3, verse 1. So he says this, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who was our brother and co-worker in God's service, spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. Tough times are coming. Suffering, opposition. Paul recognizes it and he wants to communicate that. But in fact, verse 4, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way that the tempter, Satan, had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. I just love Paul's authenticity here. He says, man, I've been worried about you. I was afraid that maybe all the work that we put into you had, had been just in, done in vain. And I, I just love that he's so absolutely real. You know, it was a guy by the name of Tertullian back in church history who um, really wanted to know what was going on inside of these so-called Jesus Christ churches. Church was new, was exploding. Everybody's talking about the risen Lord and 
Christians really making a difference because this church in Thessalonica, man, they were on the front lines of just loving people. They were very externally focused. So they wanted to know what's really going on inside. So they sent spies. And here's what Tertullian wrote about their experience of spying on these Christian churches. These Christians are very strange people. They meet together to worship, yet there are no images. They speak of one named Jesus who was absent, but whom they say has risen from the dead, and they expect him to return at any time. Very weird, very strange. But oh, how they love him. And then he said this, Our observation is, oh, how they love one another. And I just, I just wonder if someone was to send spies into the churches today, the Christian churches, what would they find? Would they walk away with, man, we, we weren't really impressed with their buildings. We weren't impressed with their statues. But, man, they love each other, like with this intense kind of love. And it's a committed kind of love. I'll never forget that. Man, that is the hallmark. That is the mark that I want to certainly be known by, and I want Missionville Christian Church to be known by, that those people loved well. So how do we do this? How do we love? You may be listening to this right now or watching this and thinking, man, Mike, you don't know, man. They took half my money out of the business and they just took off. And I, I can't get it back. They so hurt me. It wasn't so much about the money. It was the fact that they betrayed me. Or maybe you were listening to this and thinking, you know what? I just don't want to forgive my ex. They just... They, they ripped my heart out. I gave everything to this marriage. And they, they took the kids, they took the finances, they took everything. And I'm the one that's suffering for this? Or maybe there's someone listening to this. You have a child that has gone off the deep end of life. They've, they've ridiculed your values. They've, they've, they've turned on you. They, they, they have just left everything that you wanted them to grow up with. And they're living completely contrary to your dreams and hopes for this child. How do we love in a difficult situation? I think the first thing that we see from our study today, from the Word of God, is that Paul was not, he absolutely was so focused that he would not allow himself, and he knew that God could use an offense for the positive, for the good. That's number one, that God can use an offense. When we've been offended, God can use that. You know, I, 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 this is amazing to me. Um, in New Zealand, it's the home of the most flightless bird on the face of the earth. And what I found was that 43% of all the birds in New Zealand cannot fly normally like other birds. It's an island. Their wings are underdeveloped. The question is why? Why can't nearly half the birds fly normally in New Zealand? And what I found was because there's no absolutely no predators on that island that are fighting against the birds. They have no opposition. So there's no motivation because they don't have opposition to learn to fly, which kind of for me thinks, makes me think about Paul was saying, man, we suffered. We've gone through tough times. You, you, we told you this is going to happen and this is probably going to happen to you. Even where we live now in this COVID land, we may go through opposition and difficulties but the opposition can send us to fly in Christ. I just, I just love the way this text just bursts with Paul's love for people. And I'm sure that Paul had issues. I'm sure that Paul had issues with difficult people. I'm, I'm sure of it. So you may be listening to this going, 
Why are there so many people against me? Why did I have that person who absolutely left me? And Paul told the Thessalonians, man, in other words, I love you with an undying love. And the question is, how do we get there? I, I think secondly is to not only realize that, that God can use opposition, but secondly, to realize, and I think Paul found the secret to this, I can only be responsible for me. When I've been hurt, when I've been offended, when I had expectations of a friendship or expectations of a relationship or whatever it is, and it comes crashing down, I can only be responsible for me and my actions. The more I try to change someone else, it doesn't work. And I, I, I'm just trying to live by this phrase. I will refuse to be offended. I will simply refuse to be offended. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've probably read it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love never fails. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that love never fails? When someone who's hurt and offended us and we don't like very much, are we going to choose to love that person? Here's, here's, here's something that I've just grappled with. I don't know how else to say it, but Christians cannot be mean people. That's an oxymoron. It's irony. Christian person cannot be mean-spirited. So here's a question I have. If you claim to know Christ, and you're mean-spirited, and trying to get back, and you scheme, and you're just not loving that person that has offended you, how can you say that the love of Christ is in your heart? How can I hold back forgiveness from someone when I've received the forgiveness of Christ? It's impossible, which leads to number three, to realize love is not about keeping score. <laughs> it's about losing count. It's about losing count. Peter comes up to Jesus, right? I love this. And he says, Jesus, how many times am I supposed to love James and John? They bug me. They bother me. In fact, these guys, they just, they're like sandpaper person. They walk into the room and, you know, we're tr you're trying to have this prayer meeting and teach us and they just bug me, Jesus. What do I do? How do I forgive? How many times do I have to forgive these? And Jesus said, 70 times seven, Peter. Peter was probably thinking seven, 14, 21. Jesus says 70 times seven. I think Jesus is trying to make a point. There is no limit. 490 times a day, Peter. You are to forgive. You are to love creatively someone that you have difficulty with 490 times a day. I love that. So why don't we do that? You've probably noticed throughout this message, um, these two bottles here. I love ketchup. It's one of my favorite things to put on French fries. Man, I love McDonald's French fries. I'm a sucker for them. And um, when you go to the grocery store, like me, you probably pick this up. You buy it, bring it home, and just man, you squeeze it out, and the ketchup just comes out. Why is it so difficult for us to love somebody? I think because of one word, pressure. I don't know if you've seen this, but this is the old school jar. And to be honest with you, I could not find the old school ketchup bottle. But I found something close to it, Heinz chili sauce. What's interesting about this, and as I was studying this week of loving people even though you've been hurt, that the Heinz 57 has a sticker right here. So when I pop open the top of this and I try and shake it out, you probably remember it doesn't come out. But all I have to do is keep tapping on that bottle in this area three or four times. Shake it out and it pours out. 
tap it a little more, and it begins to pour out. Just like God's love pours out of us, should pour out of us, but it doesn't often because of the pressure. We have to release that pressure, and that can only come by faith, trusting and loving people for free. I just want to finish with this. Um, my wife and I, when we lived in Hawaii, we had developed some very, very close friendships with people. The Polynesian people are just amazing. They just love you for free. And they have this thing in the islands called Ohana. It's just extended family. That means we treat you like family when you are friends with us. And they just took us in. This one husband and wife um, couple we got to know really well and just bonded really close. And I'm even just embarrassed to say this, but there was some conflict, some tension between us. And um, I don't, to me this day, I don't even remember what it was. I just remember we kind of backed off. We stepped back and we just kind of avoided the whole situation, didn't want to deal with it and didn't really, you know, foster the friendship like we had for months. And here's one thing that I remember about these folks is she and her and her husband just kept tapping and they kept pouring out love. They didn't ask questions. They didn't say, well, when are you going to love us? They just kept tapping and they kept loving and they never stopped. It was like amazing. And what happened was it, they loved us back into relationship with them. And to this very day, we are closer than brother and sister with them. It's amazing. And it's all because they chose to love us for free. So I don't know where this lands. I don't know. Maybe there's right now a mom and listening to this, that maybe you need to pick up the phone and call your daughter and let her know, even though you don't agree with the life that she's chosen, maybe she's completely disregarded your values, that you'd pick up the phone and just see, say something like, I just need you to know that I love you for free and I will never stop loving you. Or maybe it's an ex that you just need to throw the white flag up, a surrender flag and say, you know, I take responsibility and I'm going to try to do better to love you in a difficult situation. I don't know where this lands, but I just want us to go for it and just love for free the way Jesus called us. Lord, I just thank you so much that you've given us the ability to love. And I pray anybody listening to this, God, in difficult situations, and I know I've been there, God, you know I've been there and still am there. It's hard to love people that have hurt us. Give us the ability, God, through your Holy Spirit to step out in faith and trust and love that person for free. Just keep tapping, keep loving, believing, God, that you're going to use it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, really glad you're with us. Just know that every Sunday we're here in person. If you want to come visit us, we'd love to have you. And we're looking forward to that Easter service on April 4th. Hope we see you here.